Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. All right, today we are talking about a fun topic, battle for the belt. Hopefully you all have seen some information on this come out, but if you haven't, we've got some details for you here today. So to help us uncover what battle for the belt is, we've got Drs. Laura Lindsay and Osler Ortez with us to um, share how they're duking it out in the field over the next few years. So Laura, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Laura Lindsay. I'm the soybean and small green agronomist in horticulture and crop science. And Osler? I am Osler Ortez, a corn extension agronomist in emerging crops with horticulture and crop science at Ohio State. So the battle about sounds very exciting. Could you guys dive into what exactly you're fighting over? Well, we're fighting over a wrestling belt. (laughs) But really, the battle for the belt is the battle for the corn versus soybean belt. So which crop should be planted first? And for soybean, we know early planting is important. But for corn, we also know early planting is important. So which one should you plant first? That's an interesting question, and a lot of factors, I think, are going to play into the results that you guys see. How is the contest being conducted? How are you going to decide who the winner is? (laughs) We have three locations that we are looking into, five different planting dates, uh, going all the way from very early, potentially late March, early April, then going more into mid to late April, uh, early May, as the ideal recommended time frame and then going past that time frame into late May, early June, or late June. So in total, we are targeting five planting dates for the two crops, uh, almost side by side. And within those, uh, we are also implementing as a few management adjustments uh, for soybeans and a few management adjustments for corn. And the idea is to have this replicated in three locations within the Ohio State University research farms, uh, Northwest, Western, and Worcester, starting in 2023. So this is our first year. Things things are getting planned, and we look forward to results as well. So what are the outputs that you're looking for then to identify who's the winner? Is it based on yield and who has the highest yield at each of these planting dates or overall yield, say a farm situation where you're kind of looking at what the best outcome would be for a farmer, economics, what are you guys looking at? I think the answer is yes. Um, (laughs) So, you know, corn and soybean yield differently. So we're going to have to look at a percentage basis. So we're going to look at uh, the planting date where soybean yield is the highest and then look at percentage reduction for the various planting dates and the same for corn. So we'll have to do this on a percentage basis, but basically we can really answer multiple questions. Which one should be planted first? So which one had the highest percentage yield first? Uh, And then also too, which one is best to plant last? So we know in Ohio we have limited suitable field work days. So farmers have to decide both what's best to plant first and which one has the smallest yield penalty for delayed planting. And we also can look at the slope. So which one has the steepest yield decline as we plant later? Um, and then return on investment, absolutely. Those are things we, we can look at and calculate as well. It's going to be interesting because this is really what I think a lot of farmers are struggling with right now, going back and forth. Some of them, you know, kind of identified, I'm going to plant soybeans first. Others are on the corn side of things where 
it's important to get my corn in the ground first. And I don't know that anything like this has been done before, has it? I would say planting day research has mm, happened right. for soybeans, planting day research has happened for corn, maybe not in a battle for the belt mm -hmm. context where one is going against the other, planted the same day, mm -hmm. almost in the same fields. So I think there is a lot of uh, uniqueness on that. Sometimes when we ask uh, farmers around the state which crop should we plant first, uh, some of them have actually the capacity to answer saying, well, we have two planters and we plant both crops yeah. at the same time. But that's a very small group and I think uh, most of us or most farmers actually have to take a decision and go with one crop before the other. So we, we really look forward to answering um, the, the key question here in play. And you guys have done some preliminary survey work uh, with the meetings that you've been at. So what's the feedback that you've gotten since you've announced this project? That's not good for corn. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll answer that question. So far, after all, all of our polling at extension meetings, hundreds of people really voting corn, team corn or team soybean, Team Soybean won this winter. So every okay. every extension meeting, Soybean has won, except for one. There was one extension meeting where, where corn won, and that was in Deschler, Ohio. And I found out later that is nicknamed the Corn City. So we did lose the Corn City, <laughs> but other than that, it's been, um, Soybean has been the preference so far. I think that makes sense when we think about it, because I know when I've kind of talked to farmers, because this is a fun topic that everyone wants to chat about after you introduce it at a meeting, you know, when we think about making that decision, we're really biased toward giving corn our best planting yes. days mm -hmm. and giving soybeans maybe not the greatest yep. planting day because we know that they are more resilient. Yep. Um, so are you collecting any other data to maybe characterize the quality of the planting day to see if that has an effect? Yes, we're going we're gonna to collect a lot of data. Uh, we have a graduate student working on this project, visiting scholars, quite a few people. So we'll have weather stations at all the locations. We'll probably try to get soil moisture, temperature at planting. Uh, we want to just visually be in the field a lot because we might see diseases, insects, slugs. So we plan to be in the fields a lot and just take notes on what we see. And that'll help us, you know, form future research questions too. Is it if we have a low population or yield penalty, is it because is it disease? Is it the slugs? We don't really know. So we're going to take really good detailed notes to hopefully lead future efforts. A few other things that we have discussed as part of the project, and, um, besides yields and economics, pests and disease, there can be implications when we are planting in a wet period versus mm -hmm. a drier period cold versus warmer. So there will be certainly good opportunities to work with uh, our colleagues, Department of Entomology, Plant Pathology, and, and look at some of those interactions, even with science, uh, lower populations, lower, lower seeding rates planted at different time frames that might have relevant implications into what weeds or what problems do we have um, out there in the field. Um, in terms of the economics, uh, we have uh, some ideas already with uh, working with Eric Ricker. We had a risk management uh, proposal that was submitted and uh, we are getting some support from that, North Central Risk Management. Uh, so there will be good opportunities there. We have 
uh, been in conversation also with Ohio Corn and Wheat, Ohio Soybean Council, and uh, we are all, we are all excited about the project. So uh, we, we look forward to what we can learn. Determining who gets the belt is who comes out on top with earliest planting date. Is that kind of what we're going for here? That's what we're going for. Yeah. But I mean, in all honesty, we're going to need two years of research, yeah. right? Every year is different. So mm-hmm. the belt may not be awarded the end of this year. We might have to wait to two full years and see see how yeah. uh, the two crops compare. So another way to look at it is, so the main question is which crop should be planted first. That means which crop is more resilient, uh, mm-hmm. which crop can take suboptimal conditions and still do well in a yield perspective and economics and, and the other factors. But I think that also as we move towards, let's say, May versus April, uh, in May, we, if soybeans had the priority to be planted in April, once we are in May, that situation might actually change. And uh, we might be considering actually in May, corn takes over the priority for planting and then put soybeans last. Mm-hmm. after May. Right. So it, it, I mean, we have talked a little bit about that, looking at two questions, which crop should we plant first, and then which crop has the smallest yield penalty if uh, planted late, late meaning June. Yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of goes back to what Elizabeth said, where we tend to think soybeans are a little more resilient, and I think some of the research we'll talk about a little bit with you, whoever comes out on top is going to be interesting to see if it kind of goes with that soybean thing because they're more resilient or is the economics there maybe to back up corn getting in the ground. I don't know. It's exciting. And it, it'll probably depend on location yeah. because our, our three locations are very different across the state. Northwest Ohio is very different than Clark County, which is very different than Worcester. So mm-hmm. there might be a different winner at the locations. We don't yeah. know yet. Yeah, and you guys, you have study data on late planting too, but like you said, I think that'll be really interesting too to see where between the two crops, what is the biggest yield penalty or economic penalty um, when it comes to planting late too, because we've certainly run into that a lot Mm -hmm. in recent years. Mm -hmm. That'll be really valuable information as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and something else besides the planting dates that we are looking at for the two crops, uh, we are also implement, implementing some uh, management adjustments for crop specific in the case of soybeans. Uh, in the trial, we are looking uh, into four different seeding rates um, as a strategy to hopefully mitigate some of those potential losses due to planting late. Uh, in the case of corn, we have four different relative maturities that we will be evaluating from very early to early, medium, and, and late or longer full season. So, uh, I mean, there will be very interesting uh, interactions that, that we will be looking at. So, it's, it's great that we are going to have a grad student and yeah. to help us pile through all of, all of this. So, if any of our listeners are feeling really excited about this challenge, and they want to test something similar on their farm and see, because you said you know, mm-hmm. think it might be very location specific. If they want to see how it works on their farm, do you have recommendations for how they could do a battle of the belt? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done some planting date studies on farm. It's harder on farm because just getting the planter out multiple times is a pain. So 
when we've done this on farm with soybean planting date, we just have farmers pick two planting dates just to make simplify it. So maybe something just a little bit earlier and then maybe a more normal time. I don't think, um, I wouldn't recommend a farmer going out and testing it as early as we are because that could be pretty risky. Yeah, I mean, on-farm testing is great. So if a farmer wanted to do it, I guess give us a call because uh, I'd like to go out and see it. We actually have a two or three versions of the protocol for this study. Mm -hmm. It went from simple to intermediate <laughs> yeah. to complex. So right now we are sitting on the complex version yes, and that's what we are trying to execute in the university farms with a more flexibility. We yep. can take more risk research purposes. Uh, but yeah, we will be happy to share some of the simplified version, initial mm -hmm. versions of this project protocol and uh, anyone could evaluate if that's something that they mm -hmm. want to, to try and give it, give it a look. If you're curious what this belt looks like, because there is an actual belt, we <laughs> put it out there on social media. There's a really great video of you two um, to introduce the project. So check that out for sure. And um, they drag it around to extension meetings too. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to be at one of those meetings and want to see it in person, it's pretty cool. Yep, and make sure you follow the core newsletter. So all of our videos will be doing updates as we start planting. We'll do weekly update videos, and those will all go through the core newsletter and the Ag Crop Team YouTube channel. So follow along to those, and you'll you'll see the belt and you'll see the videos all summer. Laura, let's switch gears a little bit quickly. Where uh, this episode's coming out here at the end of March, and some people are thinking about planting soybeans pretty early. You've done a little bit of work with that mostly looking at cover crop mm -hmm. interactions. So what are some results you found there and some advice you have for farmers thinking about getting in the field? Yeah, so we just wrapped up a two-year, two-location study. So we have four different environments where we've looked at uh, three different planting dates and three different cover crop treatments. So uh, for planting date, I call it ultra early, which is the end of March, first week of April, and then just early, which is the end of April, and then normal. Uh, we were targeting mid-May, but mid-May always rains, mm -hmm. so we get pushed back to the end of May. So those are our three planting date timeframes. And then we've looked at um, planting into no cover crop, a dead cover crop, so we kill it with herbicide about a month before planting, and then plant green. So that's when we plant into a uh, green cover crop and then it with the herbicide about a week later, within a week later. Um, and what we've seen with those really early plantings, again, end of March, first week of April, with the cover crop, uh, there's a very detrimental effect on our soybean stand. So uh, we've gone as low as 20,000 plants per acre in Northeast Ohio when we have that cover crop in really early planting. Once we go to more of those normal planting dates, end of April into May, the effect really isn't there as much. But uh, with that ultra early planting and a cover crop, there seems to be a, a negative uh, effect. Yeah, and you're unsure exactly what that is since you just have a couple years worth of data. Yeah, I think that, and that's where some of the battle for the belt uh, comes into play. Mm -hmm. So our plant pathologists can go out there and look at disease, our entomologists can go out there. My hypothesis for the low stand, um, in particularly in Northeast Ohio, where it was 20,000 plants per acre, uh, I think there were some issues with slugs. Mm -hmm. uh, the cover crop makes the soil cooler and wetter. I didn't measure diseases necessarily, but it, I mean, diseases could be an issue with cooler and wetter. Just cooler and wetter in general can be detrimental to stand. Um, I also saw a little bit of bean leaf beetle feeding. There was frost damage. Does that cover crop kind of hold those cooler temperatures? Because we know um, the first year of the study, there was snow. Um, so 
we don't know what was going on, but the answer was probably multiple things um, that, that reduced the stand significantly. Osler, as farmers gear up for corn planting, then what are some tips or reminders you have for them as they get into the field to make it a successful planting season? Well, I think that it probably goes back a little bit to the project that we have been discussing, planting date. Uh, we always try to hit that late April, early May, if possible, uh, if we have adequate conditions, good temperature in the soil, uh, not having compaction concerns or uh, having uh, enough of a window that will facilitate the establishment, the stand establishment of that crop. Uh, corn cannot branch like soybeans do, mm -hmm. so we need to be a little bit more careful on, on that, uh, selecting that optimum seeding rate that will give us uh, the amount of plants that we need to achieve uh, those high yields, uh, certainly keeping an eye on temperatures. Last year we lost uh, a couple of our research locations due to heavy rainfall right after planting. So two or three inches of water um, within 24 hours after planting that really made us struggle. And so we, we want to watch for those. It's not only the conditions before planting, but also we can take a look at what is happening after planting. Uh, in, in, in that situation, uh, replanting can be an option, but we don't want to get there. Ideally, we want to have a successful crop establishment in that first week of May so that we maximize uh, our corn yields. Awesome. As we wrap up, do you guys uh, want to share your social media accounts, how farmers can follow you this growing season? Yeah, so my Twitter is at StepUpSoy, uh, but again, everything will be through the Ohio State Corn Newsletter and YouTube as well, in addition to Twitter. My Twitter handle is, uh, if I remember properly, <laughs> at Cortez Corn Crops. So uh, you can connect via, uh, via Twitter, but also email, phone call, and all our updates for the project will be coming through the OSU uh, Corn Newsletter. Great. Thank you guys for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Sure, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners. Just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.